When the disciples came to Jesus, they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And they weren't saying, we don't know how to pray. What they were saying was, we don't know how to pray how you pray. <laughs> They'd seen Jesus pray, and there was something different about the way that he prayed. And that's how we have the Lord's Prayer. And beginning Wednesday, April 6th, we are going to be having a Wednesday night adult class in this space from 6.30 to 7.30, the same time as the youth and the children are in the other building. And we're going to be spending seven weeks learning about the Lord's Prayer breaking it down phrase by phrase and simply asking the question, how do we pray like Jesus prayed? And so I want to encourage you to make this a priority. I doubt there's one of us in this room who, if we were honest, would say, now my prayer life is about as good as it's ever going to get. <laughs> I think all of us have this nagging sense of, boy, how do I pray like Jesus prayed? And so we're hoping that this class will be useful for you. It starts Wednesday night, April 6th. It'll go for seven weeks. And the other thing that I want to make mention of is that this morning is our last week in our series, The Spirit Within. But starting next week, we're in a brand new series called Why We Gather, a four-week series that will bring us right up to Easter Sunday, simply answering the question, why do what you're doing this morning? Why uh, get up early? Why get ready? Why shove breakfast down your mouth as you're driving to church? Why get your kids up? Why deal with the hassle? I could do this at home. I could watch at home. I could stay on my own. I can just have a relationship with Jesus. What is the purpose and value of actually sharing space like we're doing this morning? And I think in four weeks, we're going to learn that gathering is so much more important than maybe we even realize. And so this is our next series, Why We Gather. But this morning... We're finishing up the series, The Spirit Within, and so far we've learned that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. In week one, we talked about how he speaks to us through his word, how he speaks to us through nudges and promptings, and how he speaks to us through each other, and how he speaks to us through spiritual gifts. And then in week two, we looked at how the Holy Spirit encourages us and builds us up and gives us strength to go another day and to serve him. And then last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit sends us, and how there's no such thing as an unsent Christian or an unsent church. Church, that God is a sending God. He sent his son and the father and the son sent, their sp sent the spirit and the spirit has been given to us to send us. And this morning, we're gonna finish with this idea that the spirit of God seals us, seals us. And this truth that the Holy Spirit seals us, it actually speaks to some of the biggest questions that humankind has wrestled with since the beginning of time. Questions like, who am I? <laughs> and where do I belong? And how do I find security today? And how do I find certainty for tomorrow? And we're going to look at a passage uh, in Ephesians, which is a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote to a church in Ephesus uh, to encourage them. And in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11, Paul is unpacking for them the richness of the gospel. And Paul says, in Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance. There's something that we have from Jesus that is before us, but is, but is certain. That's what an inheritance is, right? We don't have it yet, but we know we'll have it someday. In Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of God, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. There's a lot right there. Basically, what he's saying is what God purposes to do from the beginning of time, he accomplishes because he's wise and he's able. All right? Verse 12, so that, here's the purpose, we who were the first to hope in Christ, Paul speaking of the early believers, might be to the praise of his glory. In him also, so he's writing to the Ephesians who are not the first to believe in Christ, but now are believing in Christ. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, gospel means good news, the good news of your salvation, 
and you believed in him. So here there's a progression of what happens when someone puts their faith in Jesus. Hear the word of truth. Understand the good news of the salvation that's available because of what Jesus did. Put your hope and trust in him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? He's bringing us back to that idea of inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. What Paul says here is that disciples of Jesus have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And this morning, I just want you to think of three words. There's three things that this talks about. It talks about ownership, protection, and assurance. Okay, if you're a note taker, those are your three words. Ownership, protection, and assurance. First thing that we learn about when we talk about the Holy Spirit sealing us is ownership. My wife Erin and I, we have three girls, 13, almost 14, 11, and 8. And our 8-year-old Maddie, as some of you know, has physical disabil- she has a physical disability. She was born very early, and Maddie has cerebral palsy. And one of the things that we've found with Maddie uh, in her journey is that there are many um, clothing companies out there that are looking for children like Maddie to sort of sample and try out what's called adaptive clothing. Adaptive clothing is clothing that is made especially for kids with physical disabilities or sensory issues. And so Maddie has some really cool connections with great organizations. And one of the companies that sends Maddie adaptive wear to try out is Nike. And so most of the companies send the stuff and we get to keep it, which is the best. Nike's not like that. Not only do you not get to keep their stuff, you cannot photograph their stuff. You can't post pictures of her in the stuff. The stuff comes to us, and it's not even the finished product yet. It's, it's basically still just kind of being shaped. And so she'll wear these Nike shoes for a few days, and then Aaron will give them feedback on how it worked for her. And they don't pay her any money for that. Apparently money's tight at Nike. Uh, they, don't, they don't pay her any money for that. But what they do is they give us a discount for their website, a 40% off discount code for their entire website, including the stuff that's already 40% off. It's a good deal. We're happy that Mandy's doing this. And so recently I ordered these pair of joggers uh, from Nike, and I got them, and I wear them all the time. And and if you've seen me out and about, you maybe have seen me wearing these black joggers. But I didn't realize until a couple days after wearing them, my daughters were like, there's there's all these swo- there's swooshes, you know, the Nike swoosh, on the back of your calves. I was like, what? So I'm looking in the back, and sure enough. And then I start counting, and there's five swooshes on one pair of pants. Five, two here, one here, one there, and one back there. I'm like, what, are they, what kind of design is this? And, of course, the swoosh is like, it's, the, it's Nike seal. It's their way of saying, this is ours. It's their seal. It's their brand. It's their logo. It's like they say, wherever you wear that... We want everyone to know it's ours. They've sealed it with their logo, and it seems like they've sealed me with their logo. In ancient times, a seal was an identifying mark often placed upon a letter, contract, or an important document. What they would do is they would take melted wax, and they'd put it over an envelope, and then they would take a stamp, and they would press the stamp into the melted wax, and that stamp would be a a symbol that was specific to that individual or that family, maybe like a family crest, and it, it proved that the content inside the letter came from or belonged to the person who had placed their seal on that letter or on that document. And when Paul says that the Holy Spirit has sealed us, he's speaking of ownership. The Spirit is God's seal upon you saying, you belong to me. He is mine. She is mine. 
The Holy Spirit, the God seal is not an emblem to be impressed upon paper. It's not a stamp that you push into melted wax. God's seal is not a logo that we display on our clothes. But God's seal, this is what's amazing. God's seal is not a what. God's seal is a who. The Holy Spirit. God's seal is his Holy Spirit. God himself is present with his people. So everywhere his people go, God's Holy Spirit is stamped upon our lives, sealing us, saying, they belong to me, the very presence of God with all of his people. This would be like the CEO of Nike, John Donahoe, being physically present every place a Nike shirt is being worn and saying, that's mine, that's ours, that's mine. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's physically present with those who belong to him. One of the books I was reading this week said this, to be sure, God has given us outward signs and seal of his ownership. In baptism, water baptism, God seals us by giving us his name. In the Lord's Supper, we have the spiritual seal of his very presence in the sacrament. Even these seals have power beyond the outward sign, of course. We know that water baptism and communion, these are symbolic of greater, even greater things. It's symbolic of the reality of God's presence in those moments, providing the blessing. But God gives a seal that is even more than these gifts of blessing. His final seal is the gift of himself. That's what he's done. He's given us himself, his spirit, as his seal Upon us. And in doing so, he's not just saying that we belong to him. He's not just laying claim to us. He's saying that we also have a claim on him. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, yes, to possess the new people of God, but at the same time, he gave himself to be their possession. That's what we read about their inheritance. That God's not just saying, You're mine, but I am yours. And this brings us to the realization, which is good news, bad news. And the good news is, I belong to God. That's amazing. The bad news is, you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. You don't own yourself. You're on loan. If we, you know, we, we often, so this is, I was thinking about this. We often want the benefits of belonging, but we don't want the requirements of relationship. We want the benefits of belonging, but we don't want the requirements of relationship. Not too long ago, I joined Planet Fitness, they opened up a new location right over here near where we live, uh, over here in Liverpool, Baldensville area. And so I, I joined up, and, and uh, I joined first at the $10 a month level. And then I realized the next level includes the massage chair. And so I was very quickly persuaded to investigate the next level. And so uh, I, I joined at that level, so I get the massage chair, I get the hydro massage table, and I get to bring a guest with me anytime I want. That's not an open invite, by the way, but I get to bring a guest with me anytime that I want. So my wife can go with me when we're both not working, or my daughter Lilia has come with me a bunch of times. And so I love the benefits of belonging, but you know, when you join a gym, there are requirements. I can't just say to the gym ownership, I want to belong, but I don't want to pay my monthly fee. Not interested. I like the belonging part but not the requirement part. I can't go into the gym and say, what do you mean I can only use the massage chair for 10 minutes? I want it for two hours. I don't care if there's a line of people waiting. I want it my way and I want it on my, in the way that I want it for me. I can't just say, hey, I, I want it. What do you mean these big bouncy balls are meant just for balancing exercises? I just want to chuck them at people as they're running on the treadmills. Like you're saying I can't do that because that seems like more fun to me. Right? We want the benefits of belonging without the requirements of relationship. And we understand that in all areas of life. But when it comes to our relationship with God, often we say, God, I thank you that you're my inheritance and that you're my blessing and that you've done all these things for me. But when you ask things of me, it kind of annoys me. 
When your word offends some area of my life or redirects me in some ethical, moral way, I'm just going to kind of skip over that part and just go to the part where you like me. And so when, the, when God seals us with his Holy Spirit, it's not just the benefits of belonging. It's also the requirements of that relationship. We want sonship status, but we don't want a father who corrects us and disciplines us. But we know from Scripture that God disciplines those who he loves. Yes, his love for us does not change, but his love for us does change us. Right? His love for us doesn't change, but his love for us should change who we are. And the more that we experience his unchanging love, we become more and more changed into the image of his son. And the other thing I was thinking is often we, we want the inheritance, but we don't want the intimacy. And there's a whole story Jesus told about this in Luke 15, the two lost sons, where both of them wanted the father's stuff, and they had two different paths to it. One took his stuff and ran. One stayed very close and kept all the rules, but still just wanted the father's stuff, didn't want the father. And very often we want the inheritance, but we don't want the intimacy. But if the Holy Spirit is sealing us, that means that he has pressed upon our lives in every area and in every way. That's intimacy. For the Spirit of God to be pressed into every corner of your heart, to seal you. And so we have to be open to receiving this. The Holy Spirit seals us as a sign of ownership. If we want his blessing in our lives, we must also receive his claim upon our lives. The second thing that we learn is this word protection. The Holy Spirit seals us for our protection. There's a show I've seen on Food Network where they, um, I don't know if it lasted because I haven't seen it recently, but they take pictures of people's refrigerators and then they recreate the contents of the refrigerators and they make chefs make meals out of people's refrigerators, like what's in there. And I, I thought, like, if they ever did that with my, my refrigerator, I would feel so bad for this chef because the chef would have to figure out how to make an amazing meal out of tons and tons of sauces. It's just sauces. It's just dips. I am a sauce and dip guy. If you want to see me in angst, put me in an aisle at Wegmans where there's all these amazing sauces and dips. My head explodes. I want to try them all. I want to have every single one of them. I love sauces and dips. And one of my favorite sauces is this Vietnamese red chili, uh, or it's a chili garlic sauce. And it's very recognizable. If you want to try it out, it's in the Asian aisles at Wegmans or other stores. It's got this green top on it. And it's just it's spicy, but it's a little bit sweet. And I love it on eggs, and, and, and I love it with protein, and I, and I just love it. And just recently, I, was, I got a new one because I had finished up the other one. And I was opening it in the house. And I, by the way, for those of you who are wondering if Mickey's still alive. There's our dog. You know why he's there, right? Because I'm, ne- I'm next to the refrigerator and the door is open. So the second the refrigerator door opened, Mickey is just standing at my feet. But I opened it and I saw this and I just thought of the message that we were going to be uh, going through this morning. It says, sealed for your protection. Sealed for your protection. The sealing of that on jars and stuff like that is to protect what? The integrity, the purity the goodness of what's inside. The seal is supposed to keep what's inside from going bad. And one of the ways in which the Holy Spirit seals us is he keeps what's inside of us from going bad. He protects us, and he protects our integrity and our purity. He, he does this in a few specific ways. Um, he's, he leads us, he keeps us, and he convicts us. John Piper says that God sends the Holy Spirit as a preserving seal to, listen to this, a preserving seal to lock in our faith. You ever thought of that? That the Holy Spirit was given to you to lock in your faith, to seal it within your heart, within your soul, within your spirit. It's an authenticating seal to validate our sonship 
and it's a protection to keep out destructive forces. So the Holy Spirit, first, he leads us. John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into truth. He walks with us, he leads us, and he guides us for our protection. When I was a kid and our family would take road trips, we would go to AAA, and at AAA, you'd go to the back of the room and you'd tell them where you were going, and they would print this thing out called a triptych. And this triptych was just this paper booklet that you would flip through, and you would just hope that the information was current. And they would just use a high letter marker and they would say here's all the things to go and as far as we know there's construction here and as of last week there was an issue here it's like yeah but I'm going next week like what good is this information but it was all you had now we have GPS's right we have Google Maps we have Apple Maps which is right up to the second within a mile in front of you will tell you there's an accident ahead you want to get off now there's no debate which is better the map or the faithful guide and the Holy Spirit doesn't just give us a map and say good luck The Holy Spirit is our faithful guide. He walks with us. He whispers to our hearts. He speaks to us through God's word. He guides us. He directs us. He leads us. And in doing so, he protects us. He also keeps us. 2 Timothy 2.19, Paul is reminding a young pastor named Timothy that the Lord is our shield and our guardian. Here's how Paul says it. He knows and he keeps those who are his. I hope that encourages some of you this morning. The Lord knows who you are and He's keeping you. He's sealing you. He's protecting you. He's looking out for you. He keeps us. He keeps us for our inheritance through his power. He gives us power to believe. He gives us power to live. He gives us power to pray. He gives us power to live on mission. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, By God's power we are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time the stages of salvation, that we've been saved from the penalty of sin, we're being saved from the power of sin, but someday we will be saved from the very presence of sin. How are we gonna get there? The Holy Spirit is sealing us. He's keeping us for that day of redemption. And then the other thing the Holy Spirit does to protect us is he convicts us. In John 16, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And one of the things, if you're a Christ follower here this morning or watching online, one of the things we need to be is so grateful for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Where would we be without the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin, convicting us of our lack of righteousness, convicting us of the ways in which we don't serve him? And so it's not just Holy Spirit, if you gotta convict me, convict me. It's Holy Spirit, please. I desperately need your convicting work in my life because our power to deceive ourselves is off the charts. I've said it before, but no one has lied to you in your life more than yourself. Our ability to believe the narratives we create, the interpretations that we spin, it's endless. So what hope do we have to be protected, not just from what's out there, but to be protected from what's in here, to be protected from ourselves? What's the Holy Spirit? He convicts us. We need to welcome and love and give thanks for. If you ever walk out of here on a Sunday morning, you're like, oh man, that, that kind of hit me hard between the eyes. Thank the Holy Spirit for it. It means he loves you. It means he sealed you. It means that he's working for your protection and for your good. The Holy Spirit may convict us, correct us, and chastise us. He may even lead us into the wilderness like he did with Jesus. But it's always, listen to this, it's always with the purpose of presenting us on that final day to God and saying, I kept her. I kept him. I sealed them. For this day, for this moment, I didn't let him go bad. 
And I'm so glad that he does this. And then the last thing, and I'm going to have Pastor Antonia join me up here. The last word here is assurance. Assurance. If someone were to ask you, are you a Christian? How would you answer? Are you a Christian? And there's two things that Christians should never say in response to that. Number one is, of course I am. What kind of a question is that? How dare you? But the second thing that a Christian should never answer to that question is this. I hope so. think so. I mean, I did my devotionals this morning. I didn't yell at people in traffic. I think I... Do you hear what I'm saying? The answer to the question, are you Christian, is never a prideful, of course I am. How dare you? Don't you know who I am and how regularly I go to church and I tithe and I'm faithful? That's never the answer of a heart that's been captured by the gospel. But on the other end of the spectrum, the answer is never... We'll see. We'll find out. You ever hear people say, I'm going to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth. No one just barely gets into heaven. You're not, there's no such thing as I'm almost in. I'm, you're in or you're out. You're in Christ or you're not in Christ. You're sealed by his spirit or you're not sealed by his spirit. It's not a spectrum. And I understand there is faith journey and people get drawn closer and closer. I understand that. But in terms of being sealed by the Holy Spirit and having the assurance of the love of the Father, the work of the Son, and the presence of the Spirit, it's not I think so, I hope so. The answer of a Christian is by his grace and his grace alone, I know so. I'm assured I belong to the Father because of the work of the Son, and I'm sealed by the Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit has sealed me for the final day of salvation, I can walk in confidence, and I can walk in strength, and I can walk through every situation. And even when I'm struggling, and even when I feel faithless in my own life, God remains faithful to me. And in that, I have the assurance that I belong. Second Corinthians, Paul says it this way, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ. Who establishes us? You don't establish yourself. Through your good works, through your efforts, through your faithfulness, through your spirituality, through your religiosity, you cannot establish yourself in Christ. It is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in, given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Here's what Paul is saying. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of what's yet to come. All right, you want to get a car? You want to lease a car? First off, six to seven month wait right about now. But you want to lease a car? The first thing you do is you put down a down payment, certain amount of money, $1,000, $2,000. And then later, either through a payment plan or through cash, you make the final payment. But the down payment is the same currency as the final payment. And so when Jesus sent his spirit as the down payment of our inheritance, what it meant was every moment that we experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit, whether it was in our time singing this morning, whether it was when you were walking in beautiful nature on Thursday and Friday, whether it was a conversation with someone else who loves Jesus, whether it was through a piece of art that you saw that stirred you to worship, every moment you sense the current working presence of the Holy Spirit on this side of eternity, this is the down payment of what's to come. The inheritance is that we will walk with God, we will talk with God, we will be with God, we will see God and we will say, this is our God and we've waited for him and we are his people and we're not there yet, but we have the down payment, the Holy Spirit whispering to your heart, you belong to the Father, assuring us, even on the days that you struggle, even the days you mess up, the days you disappoint yourself and disappoint others, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart, I'm just the down payment 
of what's to come. Just the foretaste. Thursday and Friday and half a Saturday this week. Beautiful weather. Everyone was out. In, you know, I see people out in, in Syracuse. If it's 55, we're in shorts. We're outside in shorts. We're, we're trying to plant stuff in the ground already. Like, we're so eager to get going. And now here it is today, and it's cold and it's rainy. But you know what Thursday and Friday were? It was just a taste. We know what's coming. Spring, summer. Holy Spirit, thank you for giving us a taste. The assurance. He's the down payment. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God filled a physical tabernacle or temple. In the New Testament, the first to be filled with the Spirit was the physical body of Jesus Christ. He was filled with the Spirit. But now the body of Christ, his church, the Spirit fills us up. God's down payment is the glory of the Lord that's begun here now below. So when we pray, let your kingdom come on earth and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying, God, we thank you for the down payment. We would like the rest. (laughs) And let it be manifest in our lives and in our communities and in our country and in our world today. Now, as you sovereignly choose to do so. In giving us the deposit of himself, God gives us the assurance of his love. Listen, let me finish with this. Ownership, protection, assurance. This is where sometimes people go, well, yeah, this is actually the problem with religious people and Christians. They need all these things. They need to belong, and, and they need to feel safe, and they need to feel like that things are sure. But, but, but the truth is, is that if you don't find belonging, protection and assurance in God, you'll look everywhere else for it. Nobody goes through life not looking for these things. Everybody asks the question, it's like we started, who am I? Where do I belong? What's, what security can I have about today? What certainty can I have about tomorrow? And here's what you've probably found or you're going to find. The things of this world, they don't really answer those questions. They don't really satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. So what do we do? We say, thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. Seals us for the day of redemption. Reminding us that we belong to you. Reminding us that we are protected by you, kept by you. And reminding us that we are sure in your faithful hands. Let's pray together this morning.